Some golden daybreak Jesus will come Some golden daybreak Battles are won He'll shout the victory Break through the blue Some golden day break For me Words and melody of some golden day break introduce another bright spot our gospel broadcast. And this is Harold Sightless speaking. And we're so glad for the opportunity of being able to come with you and to you every day with this radio period. We ask that you pray that God may use us to the glory of Jesus and in the salvation of souls. Mrs. Garrett at the Hammond organ to begin the broadcast today. A favorite song that many of you could sing with her. Nothing but the blood. central theme of all the scriptures, the blood, blood atonement. By the death of Jesus upon the cross, we are saved and justified. I have a Father, we come to honor thee in prayer time today and to praise your name for the fact that Christ was faithful unto death, even the death of the cross, and that he voluntarily gave his life's blood that we might be everlastingly saved and purged from guilt and from condemnation and wash from every stain, blemish, spot, or wrinkle. And Lord, I pray that men may recognize that it's only by the death of Christ. Grant that folk that are deceived into believing that salvation is in a church or salvation is in an ordinance or salvation is in baptism, may they see their deception and come to rely and to trust in and to depend upon the Lord Jesus entirely. Save that one that may be under conviction today. Deal with that man or woman that's cold and indifferent. And then, Lord, we pray for backsliders, folk that have trusted the Lord, and yet today are not faithful, who follow Christ at a guilty distance. We pray you'll deal with them. Draw them to the cross. Draw them to repentance and to faithfulness. Use the bright spot hour with its message and music and song day by day to speak to many people. Give us victory. Give us souls for our labor, revival for our joy. We thank thee for the opportunity. Speak to those that ought to write and who ought to enclose their gifts that this radio door can be kept open. Use us today to glorify Jesus. And we pray and ask it all in his name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 
a wonderful song that Bill Harvey, our guest at Soloist on the Branch Ballad this week, will give to you. My sins are gone. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why, because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I just say, my sins are gone. They are underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary. As far removed as darkness is from dawn In the sea of God's forgetfulness That's good enough for me Praise God My sins are gone T'was at the old time altar Where God came in my heart And now My sins are gone The Lord took full possession The devil did depart I'm glad My sins are gone They are underneath the blood On the cross of Calvary As far removed as darkness is from dawn In the sea of God's forgetfulness That's good enough for me Praise God My sins are gone It's always a joy to have the recorded work of the late Bill Harvey with us on the Bright Spot Hour. I appreciate my grandfather and Brother Harvey having the foresight so many, many years ago to make these recordings. And now we have them and can enjoy them during these days. This is the Sabbath broadcast of the Bright Spot Hour. And on the Sabbath, we always enjoy the recorded voice of my late grandfather. And today is no exception. By the grace of God, in just a few moments, my late grandfather will be here by way of recording Continuing our study verse by verse and line by line in 2 Corinthians. Be sure now not to change your radio dial. 2 Corinthians in just a few moments. Tomorrow is the Lord's Day that gives all of us the blessed opportunity and privilege of worship with the saints and with the Bible believers around the good Word of God. I appreciate so much the opportunity of laboring uh, and, and being in fellowship with the saints. And the Lord willing, I begin a meeting tomorrow night at the Good Shepherd Baptist Church in Kingsport, Tennessee, and the Reverend Robert Fletcher. Uh, the last several years, I've had the joy of going into the Good Shepherd Baptist Church, and I'll be there, the Lord willing, tomorrow night in the uh, 6 o'clock hour. The church is located at 150 New Beeson Well Road. 150 New Beeson Well Road in Kingsport. And I hope that you'll make your plans to come be with us, to be a part of the meeting and a part of our fellowship together. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable the door 
of radio broadcasting to remain open. And I make that statement every day, not to waste valuable time, not to tax your patience. Uh, the Bright Spot Hour is not uh, an advertisement, not at all. I try to be very conscious of the time that I talk about our materials. But the, the fact is that we are a by-faith broadcast, and I depend entirely upon the free will gifts and offerings of our friends to enable the door of the Bright Spot Hour to remain open. And without your faithful support, there's no way that this door can remain open. My wife and I give thousands of dollars every year into the work of the radio, and I wouldn't have it any other way. But I cannot finance the Bright Spot Hour alone. I need the Lord's help, obviously, and I need for God to bless you to such a degree that you would have wherewith to give. And I can pool that together, and we're able to pay for the 35 radio stations that we currently broadcast on. During the month of February, I've been making available my grandfather's sermon number 51 on the battle of Gog and Magog. The battle of Gog and Magog. I'll be glad to send this sermon to you on a compact disc. You may have yours for a gift of $10 in support of the radio. I also make available the book the Doctrine of the Church, a 286-page book by my late grandfather. Two very important messages in the content of this book by W.D. Harvey and Chester Tolga. Baptist in history and Baptist are not Protestant. I'll send the book to you along with my grandfather's booklet, Blessed Assurance, or How May I Know I Am Saved. Blessed Assurance, or How May I Know I Am Saved. And you can have both books for a gift of $20. Our mailing address, The Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box Number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, Dr. Ben Carper at yahoo.com. We are on social media at Rumble, Getter, Odyssey, YouTube, X, and Facebook. Now, on the Sabbath, we always enjoy the recorded work of my late grandfather, and today is no exception. We continue in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we begin today at verse number 3. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 3, I give to you my late grandfather, Dr. Harold B. Seitler. Now, verse number three, after he announces his intention in verses one and two uh, to recount the experience having been caught up into the third heaven where the throne of God is, where paradise, if you please, uh, is above us. We have the the uh, clouds above, and they are part of the of the lower heavens, and then the starry heavens we have now far beyond that, and then far beyond the starry heavens where the planets are uh, is paradise. Heaven is above in the sides of the north. We believe is the paradise of God, and there uh, the throne of God is, and there all the saints of God who died in the Lord are with Jesus, await in the resurrection when by 
body will be reunited with soul and spirit and a body celestial will walk out of the grave uh, someday in the mighty resurrection of the righteous dead. But in the meantime, those that die in the Lord are now with the Lord in paradise. And that's in the third heaven, Paul says, in verse number two, the paradise of God. Now in verse three, he goes on to say, I knew such a man. And then he repeats again, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Now to me, when Paul makes that uh, comment, not one time, but twice in verse number two, and then he repeats it almost verbatim in verse number three, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Now when Paul makes that statement, he's simply saying, or profoundly saying, would be a better word to say, that uh, there were some things involved in this tremendous experience that I do not fully understand. Now where is the man that can fathom the mysteries of God? Paul, with all of his insight and with all of his advantage and with all of his uh, experience, and this experience in, in chapter 12 uh, is an unusual experience, an experience that made it, uh, that was necessary in order to make Paul qualified to be the apostle to fill the place of Judas Iscariot. I have not had such experience, and I do not expect to have such an experience, and I doubt seriously if any of you would ever have such an experience as Paul had in this particular chapter as he records it. But there were so many things mysterious about it, so many things heavenly about it, so many things glorious about it, until Paul said, there's some things that I don't understand. Whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Only God knows the great miraculous thing that I'm about to try to tell you about to the to the best of my ability there is not one man who could fathom all the mysteries of God now I've been handling the word of God for a long time I've been preaching 40 years and I've been studying the Bible longer than that and there are many things in the Bible that I admit that I do not understand I had a man come to my office just the other day and he said I want I want to ask you a theological question I said all right I'll be glad to answer if I can and then he gave to me the question and after a moment of thought and talk and discussion, I admitted to the young man that I do not know the answer. Now, I, I would that I could have given the answer, but in all honesty, I did not know the answer. And had I pretended to have known, I would have been dishonest to the young man. And then I could teach a lesson to the young preacher that there are some things that even a man after 40 years of preaching would not fully and could not fully comprehend and fully understand. You see, the creature is not qualified to understand the Creator. God's ways are past finding out. And it's high time that you and I recognize that fact. And it's not a crime nor a sin uh, in relation to theology sometimes to be compelled to say, I just don't understand. I just do not know. I'd rather say that than to make some speculation or set forth some ideas of men, you see. There's some things about the Bible that I don't think we'll ever fully comprehend. And the mysteries of the third heaven is one of the things that I don't think we'll ever fully comprehend. I'm sure that it's past finding out, and I'm sure that it's more glorious than anything we have ever imagined in all of our lifetime, the paradise of God. So in verse number four, Paul goes on to say how that he was caught up uh, into paradise. Now we're told in verse number two that he was caught up into the third heaven. Now using the same terminology and the same context, I take it then that the third heaven is paradise, and that paradise is the third heaven. Now this man, and of course the man that Paul is talking about, is he uh, himself. 
was caught up into paradise, and having been caught up into paradise, heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for man to utter. Now, this was not necessarily another tongue that Paul heard, another language that Paul heard, because he doesn't uh, uh, insinuate that he could not understand the language. He evidently did understand the language, but he said it's not permissible, it is not reasonable, it is not lawful, it is not allowed to man to utter the words that I heard when I was caught up into the throne. Now, he would have not known that it was unlawful had he not been able to understood what the words were. But he heard uh, a words which is not lawful for me, a man to utter, I do not and I will not attempt to tell you the things that I heard, which was Paul's way of saying that it was past finding out, that it was far greater and far more wonderful than anything that had ever entered into his heart or into his mind. He was caught up into heaven and having been caught up into paradise, heard unspeakable words, words out of the world, uh, so to speak and how indeed uh, true that is. Now I want to speak to you just a bit about paradise in verse number four. We find the word repeated also back in the Gospel of Luke, you remember the word paradise. We find it in other places in the scripture. Paradise is the place, is the abode of the righteous dead. Uh, before the throne of God, paradise is where the throne of God is now. Paradise is where our Lord Jesus abides until he comes again to this earth the second time. Paradise is where the souls and spirit of every godly person who has died in the Lord now awaits the resurrection. And someday the resurrection will become a reality. Now there was a time when paradise was below. You remember the uh, the, the message uh, Jesus gave in the Gospel of Luke about the rich man who died and in hell he lift his eyes and he seeth Abraham afar off comforted in the bosom of Abraham. Now the bosom of Abraham is a picture and type of the paradise of God, the third heaven that we're reading about now in Second Corinthians 12. And Abraham was comforted there. But I'd like to remind you that when our Lord died upon the cross, he then descended below and led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. But he led captivity captive in that he moved paradise from below to paradise above. There was a time, for example, when the rich man from hell, from torment, from the bottomless pit below, could look across a great guff and see into the paradise of God and see Lazarus comforted. But that's not possible in our day. And the reason it's not possible is because paradise has been moved. Now the abode of the wicked dead has remained the same. When a wicked man dies, he like uh, the rich man goes to torment below to the bottomless pit below there to await the white throne judgment and then to be cast alive into the lake of fire that burneth with fire and brimstone forever and forever. Now, but that's not true about the righteous dead. The righteous dead, when they die, do not descend below because our Lord in the three days that his body was in the grave descended below and moved paradise from below to paradise above. Now that's clearly set forth in the Ephesian epistle. You can study it for yourself. And so today in the side of the north, in the third heaven it's called in verse number two, paradise is, and paradise today is where the throne of God is. The paradise of this particular chapter is where Jesus abides and, uh, and remains until his second advent into this earth. And then one by one, as 
as the saints of God depart this life, they enter into paradise, absent from the body, present with the Lord. In the twinkling of an eye, when a saint dies, that moment he opens his eyes and is with the Lord in paradise, you see. Now, the only way that you can go into paradise is by the route of the grave, by dying, you see. Now, we either alive and remain until the second coming of our Lord will be raptured out, and we're going to miss paradise. Now, we'll go into the holy city, the New Jerusalem, in Revelation 21. And the New Jerusalem, in Revelation 21, is the final abode of the righteous and the eternal heaven being prepared for the bride, you see. And that's my eternal home, not the paradise that Paul is now talking about, but the holy city, the New Jerusalem, is my final and eternal home. Now verse 5, Of such an one will I glory, yet of myself I will glory not, but in my infirmities. Uh, ordinarily, such a one would indeed glory, having had the experience Paul now recounts of being caught up into the third heaven, being caught up into paradise, he calls it in verse number 4. But he says, Yet of myself I will not glory. Though I've had this exalted uh, vision, this tremendous advantage of having seen things that it's not lawful for a man to speak of, I'm not going to glory in that. But I'm going to glory not in my victories, not in the high exaltation, described by this vision into the third heaven, but I'm going to exalt, uh, glory only in mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, which is to say that if a man does glory in human attainment, in human flesh, that indeed he is a fool. It matters not how great a man may be, or how strong he may appear to be, or how educated or cultured or refined he may appear to be. A uh, man at his best is altogether vanity and vexation of spirit. And so Paul said, I'm not going to uh, to glory, uh, though I, uh, lest I should not be a fool in so doing. And a man that will glory in the flesh indeed is a foolish man. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man think of me above uh, that which he seeth uh, me to be, and that he heareth of me. Paul could have said other things about this experience described in verses 3 and 4, but he said, I shall not do that now, I shall forbear. And the word forbear means I shall withhold myself from uh, any further word about this tremendous experience of being caught up into paradise, lest any man should think of me above uh, that which he sees in me, or that which he heareth of me, lest I be misunderstood, lest some weaker brother uh, misunderstand, or lest some other person become discontent because they have not had a similar experience. Paul said, I will forbear. I'll not say any more, lest I should be exalted above measure. Verse number seven, uh, through the abundance of the revelations uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Now here is God's messenger, we're told in verse number seven, the messenger that God allowed Satan uh, to bring against the apostle, the buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. And certainly if any man had a natural right to be exalted or to exalt himself, 
Paul had that natural right. Uh, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, an Israelite, uh, zealous and fervent for the Jews' religion, and uh, saved in a spectacular experience on the Damascus Road, and now here in chapter 12 of Second Corinthians, recounting the experience of being caught up into the third heaven, being caught up into paradise. Why, the natural man would say, oh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful experience. And Paul, uh, humanly speaking, uh, would be tempted at least to glorify himself or exalt himself above measure. But uh, Paul is saying, lest through these great revelations I'm tempted to do that, there was a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan that God allowed me to experience, and that thorn in the flesh was to buffet me, to beat me, is what the word buffet means, to beat me black and blue, lest I should be exalted above measure. We trust today's message by Dr. Ben Carper on the Bright Spot Hour has been a blessing to you. Write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Visit the website at thebrightspothour.com. This is Mark Ferguson saying listen again tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour. Same time, same station, same gospel. Well, there's one thing that you must understand If you ever get to heaven and the promised land You've got to keep a walking, walking, walking Walking so high of the beautiful stairway to the sky You've got to lay down old Indian stride If you want to live by the river of life You've got to keep a walking with God each day you got to keep a climbing for to hear Him say Come on, little children, got a home for you You know it thrilled us through and through when you wake up, oh, won't it be grand? See God's beauty in the promised land. Looking to the left, looking to the right. I kept on looking till I saw the line. Fell on my knees and I began to talking. God save my soul. And I began to walking, walking, walking. Walking so high up the beautiful stairway to the sky. Now listen to me, sinner, do what God says. No promise of tomorrow for you might be dead. You'd better start walking, walking, walking. Walking so high up the beautiful stairway to the sky. Now you're getting old and you're feeble and gray. You better start praying for the judgment day. From the windows of the heaven, he's looking this way. Looking right down, you're going to hear him say, Come on, old sinner, got a home for you. You know it thrills us through and through. When you wake up, oh, won't it be grand? See God's beauty in the promised land. Looking to the left, looking to the right. I kept on looking till I saw the line. Fell on my knees and I began to talking. God save my soul and I began to walking, walking, walking. Walking so high up the beautiful stairway to the sky. Salvation of the Lord is a gift of God. Kept on walking and it never stopped. When you get to call and your life is old, your feet at the top and your number's on the door, 
It'll swing wide and the first you'll see The one who died for you and me Put on my shoes, my robe and crown And learn God to heaven I'll walk around Looking to the left, looking to the right Kept on looking till I saw the line Fell on my knees and I began to talking God save my soul and I began to walking, walking, walking Walking so high Up the beautiful stairway to the sky